Knockoffs, copycats, imitators. They all share one thing in common. They always pale in comparison next to the true original, just like the stylish and versatile Lexus RX, the crossover that paved the way for others. And it's still the best for one simple reason. Nothing else is as good as the original. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and a very big welcome back to The Big Bark. The podcast is barking mad about your dog, or doggies. This evening, as always, I am joined by my canine co-host Bruno and Millie, who are absolutely fecked after a day uh, in the real, real hot weather that's been there. Make sure during this weather, guys, that you're giving your doggies and cats or whatever animals you have, no matter what animal it is, make sure that they are well hydrated during this weather. Now, I do believe there's rain on the way, so that won't be too much of an issue for the ne- over the next few days. This evening, we have a pretty awesome episode. I'm very much looking forward to this because we are talking about all things canine fitness this evening. And to do that, we have Louise from Positive Fitness joining us on the line now. Louise, welcome to the show. Hi, Dara. How are you? Good. So, Louise, tell us a bit then about uh, Positive Fitness Ireland. Just tell us what is meant by canine fitness as as a whole okay um well i suppose canine fitness is similar enough to human fitness you know in in the sense that you know um it's out and about kind of getting your dog fit and keeping them conditioned um you know because obviously you see you know the same with humans you see a lot of overweight dogs now as well um you know i think people tend to kind of treat dogs as humans and they they spoil them a lot i'm guilty of it myself you know i'll hold my hands up but um you know, due to that, then you often see a lot of dogs that are overweight and stuff like that, which, you know, long term is not great for their health. So, the, you know, the the leaner a dog is and the fitter a dog is, the, the likelihood that it's going to live that bit longer and it's going to be healthier and have a, a better quality of life. Um, you know, if you look at high energy breeds as well, you know, like they're they're made to kind of work and stuff like that. So, you know, fitness would be a big thing with them. So I suppose that's something else that kind of comes into play, too. Okay, very good. And, okay, so run me through then, you have been talking to me about a few different things here. So, I think the most um, common one I've heard of would be Canine Cross. So, would you, for anyone who doesn't know what Canine Cross is, would you uh, explain it a bit for people? Okay, so Canny Cross, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll correct you, sorry about that, because uh, <laughs> it's pronounced Canny Cross, even though it's spelled kind of Canny Cross. Um, so basically, you know, as the name suggests, it's um, canine cross-country running. So it's essentially cross-country running with your dog. Um, what makes it that bit different from just going out for a regular run with your dog is that there's specific equipment that you use, and the equipment is um, it's kind of ergonomically designed to make running more comfortable for the dog and for you. So um, you have three different pieces of equipment that you tend to use. Um, number one is your harness. So your dog would have what's kind of known as a, a canny cross or a sled dog specific harness. 
Um, so it sits on the dog in a way that it doesn't impede the the trachea or the windpipe. Um, it also allows free movement across the shoulders and um, it allows the dog to pull. You know, it makes pulling more comfortable for the dog because if you think about where a, a collar sits on a dog, if you're running your dog and they're pulling in the collar, you're going to be placing a lot of pressure on their on their windpipe. So long term, you know, you run the risk of of damage um, and certain other harnesses as well. They're not they're not designed to allow free movement across the shoulders for the dog. Um, some of them sit right across the shoulders. So if you think, you know, if you were going for a walk or a run, um, I always kind of liken it. People laugh at this. I tend to liken it um, to if you watch, you know, those prison movies where the guys have the the jeans that are down around their their arses, for <laughs> lack of a better description. You know, if you try to run in that, you wouldn't actually be able to move your legs properly. So it's the same idea with the harnesses, whereas, you know, canny cross specific harnesses are made to allow the shoulders to move freely and it just makes running that bit more comfortable for the dog. I mean, most dogs, you know, if they want to run, they'll run in anything they wouldn't care, but it's just, you know, long-term, it makes the experience a lot more enjoyable for the dog. The second piece of equipment then would be what's known as a bungee lead. So that acts like a shock absorber. So if you, you know, if you're ever walking the dogs and you see a, a cat and the two of them decide that they're, they're going to chase that cat, you get that yank in your shoulders when the dog pulls. The shock absorber would take a lot of that yanking out of the, out of the pole so it makes it that bit more comfortable for you so you're not kind of getting yanked about when you're running um the third piece of equipment then is a belt that you wear it's a human belt um and it sits around your hips so it lets you run hands-free so you know a lot of runners um you know when you run you you also use your hands and your arms to propel you as much as you do your legs so that allows it for that and you know, if you're clumsy like me and you fall a lot, it means you have two hands to catch yourself as well. So, um, you know, it's kind of beneficial that way. So, you know, those three pieces of equipment are, you know, they're all designed to make running more comfortable for you and your dog. And, um, you know, it, it just makes it more fun long term. Yeah, and I'm actually looking at some of the equipment here on your website. To e, you offer these for sale as well, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I look at some of them just here and, like, it's it's just incredible the like the amount of I suppose the amount of equipment that goes into it. Yet like you make it you make it sound so like so easy there as well. Um I don't know, I, I honestly think that like I, I'd probably have two of those dogs who'd see that cat and they'll just be like, Yeah, we don't care, you're gone. And tell me then, so does bike uh bike drawing is another thing that you do as well. So okay, yeah. I'm gonna take a wild guess and say this would involve me uh if Bruno or Millie had me out there probably falling down a mountain or something on a bike uh, well starting off you wouldn't be throwing yourself up a mountain to begin with but um yeah I mean canny cross and also bike drawing and um in, in other sports scootering they all originated from sled dog sports originally so you know obviously sled dog sports you have teams of dogs and they're you know they're mushing in the snow but there's times a year, like the summer, where there'd be no snow, but they still need to keep the, the dogs conditioned. Because if you look at the dogs that do um, the big Alaskan races, you know, they do hundreds of kilometers over a number of days. So if their dogs get fat and lazy over the summer, they're not ready to race when it comes into the winter. So these sports originate as a way of kind of keeping the dogs fit. Obviously, they wouldn't be you know, doing the distance that they'd be doing when they're out mushing in the snow. But, you know, it's just a way of kind of keeping them going during the summer, keeping them exercised, keeping them focused. But, you know, obviously with no snow in play. So bike drawing would kind of be similar enough, I suppose, to um, dog sledding in the sense that the dog is out in front and they're pulling. But you would only have one, maybe two dogs max. You wouldn't be running, you know, a team of 
six or ten dogs because the brakes definitely wouldn't work on a on a bike against all those dogs pulling you but um it's the same kind of concept you know you 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 would also have the harness that you would have for canny cross you have your bungee lead that will be slightly longer um and you also have what's called a bike arm so this sits over the wheel of your bike so it sits kind of just under the handlebars and it keeps the the dog lead away from the the front wheels of the bike because um you know you kind of always run the risk of the lead actually getting caught in the front wheels and doing a nice face plant um which isn't fun I've done it <laughs> in the past but um you know it's just a way of kind of keeping it safe um you do find a lot of the time like you were saying about Bruno and Millie kind of seeing a cat and pulling you over to it you do find a lot of the time that the dogs tend to focus you know once they have their working gear on in time they tend to learn that they're working when they have that on and you'll often find that they you know they focus when they're on it um I have a I have a pointer who you know would be a working dog and very prey driven um but we run in the phoenix park in dublin which is notorious for the deer and she'll pass those deer she doesn't even look at them whereas when we're walking her she knows the deer are there and she'll be you know she'll be staring she'll be on high alert um we actually we were at a race two years ago um and we were probably doing about 30 40 kilometers an hour on the bikes we were doing a fair speed and a, a squirrel actually ran out in front of her um, you know, and I just kind of let her order and told her to keep going because she didn't know what to do. You know, she was kind of going, oh, shit, there's a squirrel. Do I chase it? Do I not? Um, and she just kept going. And, you know, that's that's kind of down to the focus that she has when she's working, you know. Um, so she knows that she has the harness on. She's attached to the bike or she's attached to me. And um, she kind of, it kind of, you know, clicks that little switch in their head and it, it switches them from, you know, just going for a walk to actually working. So tell me then, like, obviously there's... It must be a big transition for a dog that's just used to their normal, maybe two kilometer, three kilometer walks to something like Canine Cross. Canine Cross? Canny. Canny Cross. I'll, I'll get it right eventually. I, I promise. I'll get it right by the end of the show. So it, there must be like a lot of training involved. There can be, and it depends, you know, there's different levels of what you want to do. Um, I actually run classes, um, canny cross classes in the Phoenix Park in Dublin. Um, and we have a lot of kind of new people who, you know, have just heard of it and they come to class and they kind of contact me. And I think they they picture the class as everyone turns up and runs 5K and they kind of go, oh, well, I wouldn't be that fit. But, you know, you don't just, I mean, you know yourself, you never ran before. You're not going to go out and just do 5k because you'd be <laughs> you'd be in bits and probably put you out of commission for a month you know and put you off ever running again um it's the same concept with the dogs you know you you teach them gradually that you know this equipment means work you know you might go out and maybe just do you know 500 meter run and then walk for a kilometer and a half you know to begin with and you, you would slowly build that up um, and that's what we do in the classes you know we work on different things then as well like directions and and different commands that you use, you know, but um, no, you wouldn't be just kind of, you know, strapping the dog up and then fecking off for a, a 5k run. The dog would probably be well able. And, the, you know, the reality is the dogs are generally fairer than we are. So we'd be the ones that would be uh, struggling with the 5k. But no, it, it's something that you build up to, to gradually, you know, and then, like I said, there's different levels. And if you want to just go out for a plod with your dog, that's fine. But, you know, you can obviously go on then to compete and race and, you know, um, represent Ireland at world championships. If it's, if it's something that you're competitive about and it's something that you're passionate about as well, you know. So has it really gone that big that, like, there's actually, like, I've heard of, uh, like, there's a lot of competitions out there, but there's actually world championships uh, for for these types of sports. Yeah, and um, I've been to a few of them. Um, 
And I think they're... There's one called the International Canny Cross Championships um, and they would be world slash European. They alternate every year um, championships. But I think next year will be their 23rd year of racing. You know, so they, like it's not a new sport. It's just that Ireland, um, you know, we're only kind of starting. Although I've been, you know, I've been doing it 10 years myself. So it's been in Ireland 10 years. It's just lately that we're kind of, we're getting out. And I think businesses like my own are kind of helping to spread you know the awareness of the sports and you know you're kind of I mean I'll often be out for a run with the dogs and I see someone jogging with their dog on a lead and you know handheld lead and I'm chasing them trying to give them a, a card going here hold on you know you can do this as a sport and blah 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 um so it is just kind of about and you know even talking to yourself and doing podcasts and stuff like that it all raises the awareness because so many people run with their dogs and they don't realize that you can you know you can do it and if you, you know if you want to do it competitively you can as well you know so, Louise, how has, like, how has last year, our 18 months there about been, like, with, with COVID, like, obviously that's had a massive impact because with the restrictions regarding, like, outdoor sports and, like, just in the general restrictions of meeting up with other people, like, training sessions, how has all that been affected by this, I suppose, this fucking pandemic now at this stage is all I can really call it. Um, well, we had to stop classes, um, you know, obviously when they brought restrictions in, even though we were doing outdoor classes, we we had to put a stop to it, I'd say probably maybe April last year. Um, and then when they kind of eased the lockdowns, there were certain little time frames that we could actually do one or two classes, you know, because when you think about it, we have dogs um, and, you know, actually the, the bungee lines that we use are two meters long. So we were like, there's the perfect social distance in there, you know. But I mean, we're, we're not kind of standing around talking. We're in a group, we're running and, we're, you know, we're, we're spread out. So obviously when they lifted some of the restrictions, we were fine like that and we could continue. But, you know, you, you do kind of find that you lose that focus, you know, you miss getting out with the dogs. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I compete, but having nothing to look forward to, you know, you're kind of only going out for a run. You're not really going out with any specific goal in mind. And that was tough. I found that tough, especially over the last year. Um, you know, because I find, you know, races motivate me and I, I get out and I train with the dogs, whereas not knowing when the next race is going to be coming, you kind of you're just going out running and you don't really have any structure. And I know a lot of the class people kind of missed classes as well because they were just kind of going out for a run. But even the dogs seem to seem to notice as well. You know, the do- a lot of the dogs didn't have that motivation and that focus because you find, especially with the classes on Saturday morning dogs seem to know it's Saturday morning <laughs> you know what I mean and, and they're waking up and they're looking forward to class as much as you know kids look forward to going to play with their friends or whatever you know and, and they kind of know that so I think a lot of people found it hard but what I did find actually was that um I have an online store that sells all the equipment and I found that I was out the door with orders when you see someone sipping on a crisp refreshing drink from McDonald's you may suddenly crave one too and that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. All your ice-cold go-to drinks are here whenever that mood hits. From classic Coca-Cola to a sparkling Sprite to a sweet, sweet tea. Get any size for just $1.39, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. You know, because obviously it's something that people have discovered now and, um, you know, they've embraced it and they're, they're happy to get out and about running with their dog because I suppose there's nothing else to do. A lot of people, you know, if they weren't working or if they were working from home or whatever, you know, running with your dog was something that seemed to come naturally to a lot of people. 
so I suppose I can't really complain in that way, can I? Um, but no, it, it did. And I suppose a lot of people found this new kind of love for their local community as well. They were going out to their own parks and they were doing their own thing. So, you know, as bad as it is and as sick as we all are of it, you know, it, in certain ways, you kind of look at it in the positive as well, I suppose, you know. And, and I found running, getting out with the dogs just helped me mental health as well. Big time. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know, like, I I think that's just the thing. Like, we realise, like, over the last, especially over the last 12 months, like, how dogs have helped our mental health. You mentioned there about, like, the dogs, like, it's like they know when it's starting on. Like, obviously, this mm-hmm. is great for, like, uh, building a dog's socialisation skills as well. Yeah. And you do find, like, they have their friends. You know what I mean? Like, we do get the odd dog to class that might be a little bit reactive and all, and we always make adjustments for that. Um. But you'll often find as well that as reactive as they are when they're standing around, once they have that job to do, it kind of switches off that part of their brain as well. And they'll actually run fairly close to other dogs that they tried to kill beforehand when we were kind of standing around before class, you know, and and it, it does help. And like I said, a lot of them would have their their friends and they have their little dogs that they like to run beside and and stuff like that, you know. So it is as much a social aspect for the humans as it is the dogs, you know. So just wondering, is this more kind of for bigger dogs or would this be for dogs of all sizes? Well, any dogs really. Um, I mean, obviously with the likes of bike, if you have a small dog, you know, they're going to have to work a lot harder to to pull you, you know, because if you consider a small dog that weighs maybe 10 kilos, if you're looking at a, a 60 kilo person on a bike that weighs maybe 10 kilos as well, that's a lot for them to pull. But I mean, you know, I've been at races and there's a lady that races and she has... I think he's like a fox terrier mix and he's tiny, but like he fucking runs. He wants to get out and he wants to run and he doesn't realize that he's only little and he runs his heart out. And I mean, he's pretty fast and your woman has to work that bit harder to kind of, you know what I mean, to to race. But yeah, I mean, small dogs. And to be honest with you, any kind of breed a dog can do it. I mean, obviously you have to be a little bit careful with um, the brachycephalic dogs like bulldogs and boxers and stuff like that um, just because of their breeding. So we always kind of say to people, look, just have a chat with your vet, see what your vet thinks, you know, and I think canny cross is a little bit easier because you're not running at that speed. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, when I run the pointers on the on the bike, I've hit for I've actually hit 50 kilometers an hour at one stage on the bike. You know what I mean? So that that's quite intense, you know, um, whereas canny cross, you know what I mean? It's it's a lot slower. You know, even if you are a fast runner, you're looking at maybe, you know, half the time to bike it than it would to, to canny cross it, you know? So I think in that sense, you could run boxers and stuff like that. And especially in the UK, you see a lot of people running with, um, with the more flat faced dogs, because, you know, you're not really going at a major speed and all they're really doing is going at a fast trot, you know, but as long as the dog wants to run and they're fit and they're healthy and they've no underlying problems, you know, any breed of dog can do it any size. I've had small dogs to classes. I've had a lady with a great Dane that decided she wanted to run the dog and, it kind of went well you're a brave woman if you see a cat and the dog decides to um to go but um yeah you know it's 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 fairly friendly for all dogs really you know and it's suitable for any dog that's happy to get out and about it sounds it sounds very interesting and i'm looking at just look at your website here and one thing i have to ask because there's more images on your like on your homepage slider there and there is literally someone on the bike covered head to toe in muck is that something that happens quite often? It can. It's Ireland. It rains all the time, you know. Um, that was actually me at the World Championships in Belgium two years ago, crossing the finish line with my pointer. Um, and it was 
it was like tough mother on you on a bike <laughs> because it was just mud central just coming up the 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 world championships were a two-day event um and it, you know they go to different countries every year every year you know different country hosted um but coming up to the event it had rained for the whole week coming up to it and a lot of the trail was mud and muck you know and then when you factor in maybe 800 athletes you know running bike and scooting with their dog by the Sunday, it was it really was like tough mother in places. You know, you were you were falling. I fell. I you know I face planted a few times on the course, and you know, but it was fun. <laughs> and like I said, Ireland it rains all the time, so you're always running in mud anyway. And even some of our races, not to that extent now of that photo, but you know, you'll often come back and you're covered in mud, and the dogs are cut because you find as well, especially when you're on the bike, the dog kicks up a lot of mud, so they might come back and they're nice and clean, but you have all the splashes all over your face. But it's supposed to be good for your complexion, so I don't complain. <laughs> yeah, just mentions even though I've tough mud, actually, get, it brings back haunting memories for me. I did it a number of years ago myself, and just all I remember at the very end, the muck and the electroshock. Uh, fields of wires that you go through and I I, 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 I got shocked in places I don't even want to say on air to be honest they do a doggy version of that actually over in um, the UK there's a couple of different now obviously not with the electric shocks but they call it um, rough dugger and it's uh, it's all you know you're going over jumps and you're climbing and you're going through the mud with the dog um, I haven't gone to one yet but it looks like fun you know but I, I think, you know, it's Scotland, like here, it's it's mud central. So I think you just kind of have to embrace it at, at some point of your life, you know, if, you, if it's something that you want to do. And, you know, the dogs kind of get used to it and they they enjoy it as much. You know, they don't really care. Given that Millie goes for every bit of mud that she can find, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's something that she'd definitely love anyway. So tell me, Louise, do you, you have, a, obviously you have classes now, like, we're coming out of lockdown eventually lockdown yeah. 57 or 59 I've lost count at this stage to be <laughs> honest but you have classes starting back again yeah so where yeah, where did the classes, classes uh, two weeks ago okay and where so, did they take place um, well the classes are in the Phoenix Park um, every Saturday morning and the times kind of alternate depending on the weather um, generally they'd be at nine but um, this Saturday I kind of I have my half eight just because you just don't know, you know, if it's if it's hot out, you know, running your dogs, you're just taking a risk running them, you know, with, with the heat and all. So we tend to try and kind of work around that. Um, now, what I also do is I travel around Ireland doing workshops, Canny Cross workshops. So it's basically, you know, give or take about a two hour workshop. Um, and I, you know, I go to whatever counties I've been to Cork, I've been to Galway and I've been to Waterford. Um, not so much last year, but the year before. Um, you know, so you kind of get a group of people together who, you know, who are interested in it. And I come down and I, you know, I give the spiel and I, I get the equipment. I bring all the equipment and people get kitted out with their dogs. And, you know, we essentially do a canny cross class, but we cover a little bit of everything because with canny cross and bike jarring, you have certain commands and stuff like that, that your dog needs to know. Because, you know, if you're coming up and you're, you're going to be turning right, your dog needs to, to know all that. So we cover all that in the workshops as well. And, um, you know, what you find as well with, with the workshops, a lot of the time, the people that are at the workshop will set up a WhatsApp group. They'll often go on then and they'll arrange little get togethers and runs and, and stuff like that themselves then. And it seems to work well and people enjoy it, you know, especially the fact that they can't make it to classes in Dublin. Uh, you know, because if you're looking at Waterford or whatever, it's a, it's a fair distance from uh, from Dublin. But I mean, we've had class, we've had people from Loud and we've had people from Wicklow come up for classes as well, you know, so it's... um just seems to be something that people are, you know, really embracing, which is great. 
Yeah, and I suppose even like for me down here, like down in Limerick, there's like I, I don't know if there anyone actually like, uh, doing any of this like down in Limerick at the moment. I know we were talking um there a couple of days ago, and you were saying that you'd love to like come down to Limerick at some stage. Yeah, um, I actually had a girl a couple of days before you. Um, I was talking to you about doing this podcast. I had a girl from Limerick asking, "Did I know of anyone doing classes down that way?" Um, so I'd mentioned to her, you know. If she could get a couple of people together, I'd be more than happy. And, you know, the same goes for any county, because I know your podcast will be reaching people all over Ireland. Um, you know, as long as I kind of have a minimum of, you know, maybe seven people to make it worth my while, because um, I drive a big van and <laughs> all the equipment's heavy. So I kind of have to justify going down. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, as long as, you know, you have six or seven people at a class minimum, I'll go anywhere. Have van, we'll travel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm always happy to kind of, go and teach new people you know about this sport that i love so much it sounds so interesting and like definitely if you're down this way i'll i'll definitely try and get along as well i'd love to see what it's all about and see how many times bruno trips me up anytime we're even having a little race <laughs> below fall, yeah. <laughs> uh, even when we have a little race below you well like it's it's almost like he's looking up at me to wait till i see till he sees when i'm not looking at him and he just like Trust me up for it's like he's doing it for the crack <laughs> but definitely it's something that i'd love to get along to myself and for any of our listeners out there if you would like to get uh involved in a workshop uh louise what are your details for them to contact you um well i'm on instagram at positive fitness ireland so when i say positive it's p-a-w-s-i-t-i-v-e so it's a little uh, a little play on the word positive um i'm on facebook and Positive Fitness Ireland there as well. Um, I also have the website, which is www.k, the letter K and the number nine, fitness.ie. Um, you know, and I'm always on hand to answer questions and I'm happy, you know, if people have queries about equipment or just getting started and stuff like that, you know, I'm always on hand and, you know, if anybody wants to ask me anything, they're more than welcome. And I like I like to think I'm approachable. <laughs> but um, no, I, like I said, I, I enjoy the sport so much that, you know, there's never a stupid question and I'm always happy to to answer questions from people and help them out and help them get started, you know. Almost sounds like a challenge here. I'll, I'll definitely find the stupid question to ask at some stage, anyway. <laughs> so that's all we have for this evening for you. Uh, thanks once again to Louise from Positive Fitness for joining us. If you want to get in touch with Louise, go to her Instagram page or her website that she mentioned just earlier. Links will be in the bio below uh, and the description below the actual episode on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Until next week, be sure to find us on Instagram. Our Instagram is going quite nicely nowadays uh probably our best platform that we have because like well facebook is uh pretty awful at times don't really rate that highly uh twitter use the odd bit but on all those platforms you can find us on the big bar podcast we are also on tiktok also on the big bar podcast uh snapchat no couldn't really be bothered on that now and i I do also believe that we have an update on our Patreon page, which will have our member benefits going live on the 1st of July. Taking a bit longer than I wanted, but be sure to get on over there because you could get yourself something like nice for yourself. It has the Big Bark logo on it. Speaking of something nice with the Big Bark logo, 
We also have our newsletter, which is going out, uh, I think, Monday or Tuesday next week. I it, it depends, really, on whether I end up in the pub on Monday, which is quite likely with the pubs reopening for the first time for outdoor drinks in since Christmas, maybe. But we have our Dog of the Month, which is going to be included in the newsletter. Now, if you want your dog to be our dog of the month and to win a personalised big bandana, courtesy a pretty little pup who make just amazing stuff. They make county colours bandanas too and loads of other different bandanas. I was starting to say earlier on today uh, from pretty little pups. So we're going to get something kind of rolling there. The pictures of the bandanas actually are on our Instagram page, so be sure to check those out. And they'll have a lovely big back logo on them, which your doggy can wear around and show that they are proud to be a supporter and a star of the big back. Well, look, I've waffled on enough there anyway. Uh, once again, thanks to Louise for joining us. And that's it for today. Hopefully, see you all next week with a brand new episode. We have Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College Backwards next week. Uh, who has been a fantastic guest on the show previous occasions. So we're really looking forward to that. Give your doggies lots of cuddles and have a great week. The Big Bark Listen Up Dog Owners is for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark.